Orange Coast Church, and I'm Toby. I serve here as a lead pastor, and it is so, so great to see all of you. And today, we're looking at the concept or prayer. And prayer is such a big part of our lives. And please continue to pray for our sister Caroline, and she's going to be healed by Jesus. And, you know, we all need that prayer. And I know you do. And I know we need to continue to look to Jesus of what this prayer It's all about how can we move forward? How can we improve? How can we be better in our life of prayer? So um, as we begin, I want to share you a story about, you know, some, there's a lot of prayers that goes on in this world and prayer that people pray. There's a, um, there's a guy who was going to through um, a diet and then he was caught eating a donut one day. Right. And then his co-workers like, well, you you I thought you were on a diet. So why are you eating a donut? And the man says, um, well, you know, I came around the corner of this donut shop and I pray to God. If, if you want me to buy donuts and eat donuts, make sure there is a, a space parking lot that is right open in the front of the donut shop. And on the eighth time around, there was an open <laughs> space. So I knew it was your will, God. So I bought the donut, and I'm eating it right now. You know, <laughs> he simply lost his temptation, but he's trying to make it sound like it's an answer prayer. And, you know, we got to be careful because sometimes our prayer could be manipulative like that sometimes, right? And, you know, I just want to say that there's a lot of prayers out there that is given. And there's, you know, I'm from Japan, and when you go to Japan, there's shrines and temple. People buy charms for good luck, whether it's safe travel, you know, get into an exam or, or pass an exam, all kinds of prayers out there. And, uh, and for example, March 4, 11, 2011, when Japan went through an earthquake and tsunami devastated so many lives, there's this catchphrase that was going around in Japan, pray for Japan and all over the world and Instagram and Facebook and maybe not Instagram back, back then, but, you know, all over social media. And, um, you know, there's like, you know, erasers and, and, and fans that says pray for Japan. And it, was, it, it felt great because a lot of people are praying. But, you know, I kind of think, what it, where is this prayer going to? And we have a lot of prayer that we do. It could be a common greeting. You know, I'll be praying for you. As Christians, we often say that. And it could be different types of rituals of prayer. Um, many pray. But the question is, is it done right? Is our prayer done right? And, and you know, what are, where is our prayer going to? I looked at this Shinto, which is Japanese, you know, cultural religion of Japan. And, they, you know, it, they do a lot of prayer in the shrine. And I went to their website and I kind of looked at their beliefs and prayer. And it says at the end, well, you could pray all you want, but it's eventually up to your efforts. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what prayer is. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of understanding of prayer. And maybe we, too, are influenced by the worldly view of what prayer is. And which could give us a distorted view of what prayer is and what it should be. And today we're going to look to the real source, which is Jesus Christ and how he taught us to pray. And we're going to look at the prayer that Jesus taught. And it's a wonderful example. We don't have to go anywhere else, but go to the master. Go to Jesus Christ and humbly stand before his feet and just listen to what he has to say. And it's extremely insightful, I believe. So I hope you get to enjoy and learn, maybe rediscover what prayer is all about. And at the end, we're going to look at this big, what is the biggest purpose of prayer is 
that is written in the Bible, and we could explore that together. So as you've been with us for several weeks, or several months actually, or even starting this year, uh, we've been looking at the Gospel of Luke. It is the written accordance of, of Jesus Christ by a man named Luke. And we're looking at the life of Jesus Christ. And this how it's going is we're leading into the climax already. We're only at chapter 11. And he is going to Jerusalem to die for the sins of humanity. He done his all the ministry up in the Galilee area. And Israel is this long strip of land. And he's going south to this city called of Jerusalem where he's going to get crucified. He's going to die Right, And that is this journey that we're on, and we're looking at what Jesus said about prayer. Because the disciple was like, hey, Jesus, um, could you teach me about how to pray? And Jesus taught this before at the Sermon on the Mount. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And it's very similar in the content. But the context is very different. Because this is the disciples asking for Jesus how to pray. And Jesus, knowing that his life is almost over, He's giving this teaching to his disciple, preparing them for when he is not there, preparing for the time when the master is not there anymore to teach them hands on. So this is an instruction how to pray. And Jesus, every day he took his time to pray and it was a daily routine for him. It was something that he held very highly of and he would spend time by himself and pray each day. And, and, And we look at that as part of his life. And especially it was important, the life or this journey that's going to the Jerusalem where he's going to die. Would you imagine him? He knows that he's going to die. And he's, he's, he's going through emotional ups and downs. I mean, and, and then he's, he needed to pray. Obviously, he prayed every day, but especially in this time, prayer was a time where he gets to have this close relationship with his heavenly father. And he was assured that this journey to the cross is the will of the father. And it was this um, uh, and that's where he received assurance, even though he's struggling. And now we just want to ask ourselves, is our prayer life similar to Jesus? Are we spending time, intentional efforts? And then our life and our way, how we pray, must be in sync with how Jesus prayed, right? I mean, we can't be so off the charts or we have nothing, there's, not, there's no resemblance to the prayer that Jesus gave or the way he prayed. So we got to look into how Jesus prayed. So look at, let's look at chapter 11 of Luke and we're going to look at verse 2. And this is Jesus responding to his disciples. This is how you pray. So let's look at the screen, verse 2. And can we read this together? Um, okay, I guess that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of all over, but let's read this. He said to them, when you pray, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And this is what Jesus says. You should pray like this. So we're going to look at each word, each uh, uh, meaning of that. And we're going to see what is the essential of our prayer. What can we not miss? So first it is addressed by his father. You know, this is this is the most important thing that we have a relationship with the father. In the original text, it's, 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 it's called Abba. Abba is his is father, or maybe an equivalence to daddy, right? And my kids at home, they call me daddy. But, you know, there's a closeness to that. And when they want something, or when they're like hungry, they're like, daddy. You know, it's like it just kind of becomes a little melt, like, you know, more, uh, you know, mellow. And it just, there's a, you, you could kind of tell the closeness by the way you call your, you know, whoever, or it's, in this case, dad. 
And, and Jesus said that you should call your out to your father, Abba, which is groundbreaking because in the Jewish culture, it was unheard of to connect with the sovereign God, this daddy, because it was this Yahweh God, which they needed this, this respect, this distance. And that, that, that way you address the dad or the father was just Jesus teaching them that there is an intimacy, there's a closeness that you're invited into. And this is an incredible thing that we have to be very conscious about. And when you, we look at this prayer, it starts with Father, and then hallow be your name, which means we've got to honor God above everything else. Make his name holy and in your name. Make him proud in your life. And may you, that be our prayer for the rest of the world, that Jesus and the Trinity, the Father God, will be number one. It is the priority of our lives. And then it says, kingdom come, your kingdom come. It is our vision for the future. It is the hope of heaven. And not just you be saved, but every single person be saved. And that is the desire uh, within our prayer. And then we look to verse 3. It says, give us each day our daily bread both physical and spiritual bread that we cannot store. Because remember the manna that was given every day, you couldn't store it. Because when you store it, the act of storing and the fact that you have a stock full of it, or maybe it is your bank account that you have a lot in stock, gives you comfort rather than seeking God each day. So this is the point of this, is that we're seeking every single day. But when you look at it, what is our necessity, both physically and spiritually? And when we pray this prayer, we have to think of what is our necessities? What is your want versus your need? You know, is the things that you're requesting, is it absolutely necessary? Or is it just a desire that you feel like, oh, this will give me pleasure? So we have to be discerning about what is the real need? What is the want when we put God in number one? What is the necessity? So these are the things that stirs in our hearts when we pray these prayers. And now verse 4 says, forgive our sins. In our daily prayer, are we repenting to God of the sins that we have in the past hour, in the past 24 hours? Whether it is from the last time you prayed, is there a heart of repentance to God? Because it is so important because you must be forgiven before you read the next prayer, which is that we are to forgive everyone who sinned against us. See, we as Christians know what it means to be forgiven one directionally and we are the ones that our forgiveness is what sets christians apart right that is our strength because we know how that feels we don't deserve it but we got it so now when we experience that each and every day that's how you get to exercise that and do that with others even though may they may not deserve it but we give that to the forgiveness and now lastly it says lead us not into temptation which tells us that temptation is for real. It's out there. I mean, the devil is looking for, for you to fall. I mean, that is real, right? And then when we are not protected by God, we will fall. And some of us, we have fall. And, and that's why we need to keep praying to God. Would you lead us not into temptation? But something to note, whether it's the donut we're talking about, there's that cause of the temptation, or, or whether it's a substance abuse, we have to know that these temptation does not come from God. Right? I mean, we, we, we may blame him. And sometimes like the man in the beginning is like, oh, you're the one who gave me the donut, right? No, 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 no. God does not give you that. Because he is a good father. He could only give you what is good for you. So temptation does not come from our Lord. 
And now we look at Jesus. And that was his prayer every day. Jesus prayed like this every day. He prayed for forgiveness. He prayed for um, not being tempted. I mean, that was his prayer. And if Jesus prayed that, how could we not pray that? Right? And, and, and we got to be intentional about our prayer, just like Jesus was. And when we look at verses 5 through 10, we find this incredible parable teaching us to see God with shameless audacity and persistence. I love those words. Shameless audacity, this, this boldness in the prayer. You know, there's a man who says at midnight, he says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And he's knocking on his friend's door because I got a visitor, unexpected ones. I need to feed them. I really want to do it for them. See, it wasn't for him, but it was for the visitor. And he is persistent. And at first, he's getting declined because like, no, man, I'm, 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 we're sleeping. And, and we had to remember that house back then, it's not they have like two bedrooms and a living room, but their whole living room was their bedroom and their kitchen. So in order to get a bread and maybe bake it and do some world, you know, cooking and all that, it took time. And also it would wake up everyone for sure, right? So it's not like it, there was definite inconvenience, but the persistence will test his seriousness of that desire, right? And that he kept persisting. He kept with shameless audacity asking for this bread. And then what happens? He says, okay, fine. He woke up everybody and now this man needs it and it's to, to give to his visitors. So let's wake up. Let's give them bread. But he also says, more than just three loaves of bread, just take whatever you need. See, without this shameless audacity when we pray to God or this persistence, why should God even answer your prayer? Because maybe you're not serious enough. Maybe you're, you don't really want that enough. See, we learn from this persistence, from this story. And verse 9 says, So I ask you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I mean, this is an incredible promise. That is so, so linking to what we know from Jeremiah 29. It says right here in Jeremiah, You will seek me and find me when you, will see, when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. I mean, this is the promise that God gave to all of us. And this is active in Jesus' language and in our prayer. So He is teaching us to continue to pray. Even though you might not see that right away, keep believing in Jesus, and that God will answer that prayer. And then verse 11 through 13 is an amazing story of this image, actually, of God, the Father, who gives what is best to the child. It's a beautiful image. It's an encouragement to trust in Him, that He is a good God that will provide for you. I mean, right, you wouldn't give a snake instead of a fish. You wouldn't give a scorpion instead of an egg, right? I hope so. Right? I mean, to your children, to your children. I hope so. And, and it says in verse 13, If you then, though you are evil, gee, thanks God, right? But, you know, but now he says, Now know how to, you know how to give good gifts to your children, even though you're evil, he says. But how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? See, here's the key. What, what does... Heavenly Father want to give you. He wants to give you the very best. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit. We've got to ask for that. And that Holy Spirit 
is the key to our prayer. So when we pray, who do we address the prayer to? We say, Heavenly Father. And now when we pray, we are led by the Holy Spirit because He is active and alive in our lives. And our prayer is guided by His Spirit. And then how do we close our prayer? In Jesus' name. So in the very act of prayer has the essence of the Trinity all over that. And this is a process that Jesus modeled. He prayed and was led by the Spirit. And He had this wonderful relationship with the Father God. This is the model that Jesus gave us. And you know, at that particular time, the Holy Spirit was not given to them yet. Because Jesus died and and, and resurrected and ascended to heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came as an advocate, as a helper. And that's when this beautiful image of prayer becomes at the fullest extent. And now they, the disciples, receive the Spirit. And we too here at this age have the Holy Spirit. When you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that's when the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? And that's when the the prayer completes itself. And and that that is, the Holy Spirit is what gives you this this discernment of truth and, and, and heart of repentance. And it fuels that shameless audacity and persistence. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't run on our own. But this is the key. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us all of that thanks to His gift, the Father's gift to us. Have you been seeking the Holy Spirit in your life? See, because that is the biblical principle of prayer. We pray in Jesus' name, led by the Holy Spirit. And other prayers are not the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Because a lot of cases, people pray, but they have no idea about the Holy Spirit. They have no idea who are they praying to. They have no idea who in what, whose name they pray. It's just the wish list. But that's not the prayer that Jesus taught. See, a lot of the prayers in this world are more concerned with what I want God to do or what God to give me rather than what God wants to give you. There's a big difference in attitude. There's a big difference in the reception of that prayer. Or, or we're so caught up in what God could do for me today rather than what I could do for God today. See, there's a clear difference in the attitude. How is your prayer life leading you to have a better relationship with God? It says, ask and seek and knock. And that's the image that we have for prayer. But oftentimes that gets misunderstood as like a blank check that God gave me. You could could write whatever you want. Whatever the cost, just, just ask. Sure, we could ask anything. But... As we said earlier, God, the Father, cannot give you snakes or scorpions. Because if it's going to harm you, if you're going to be using that for your pleasure, or if that is asked with the wrong motives, then God cannot give you, for He is a good Father. Amen? And that is, that is the, and our request of our prayer must be in harmony with God's will. Accepting His will above all other desire. Putting our desires aside. We're seeking God's will. And that is what prayer does. If not led by the Spirit, then our prayer will not be in harmony with God's will. So, when I pray, I wonder, you know, I, you know, maybe I'm asking for the wrong things. 
Maybe I'm asking with the wrong heart. And obviously the Holy Spirit needs to work on me. But sometimes there's prayers where I know this is a good thing. And, and maybe you've said this before. I, I prayed something good. But why is God not answering right now? Why is God so silent? Have you ever had that in your life? Have you ever wondered? And many people are turned off by that idea. Like, I, I prayed something good and it's not happening. Why not, oh God? But we have to step back for a moment. Because when there is no answer to that prayer, I believe it means it is a time of preparation. Whether it is within the preparation that is needed need to be done in your heart, whether it's in the situation of, or in that situation. See, unanswered prayer or the silence of God it's a time of preparation. And I, we could have this shameless audacity and, and persistence because He keeps asking you and encouraging you to pray. And when we wait for the best time that God will answer that prayer. And the time of unanswered prayer is what prepares us for the day that God will show you what that answer is all about. And it could be very different from how you've been requesting or it could be very different from what you had hoped for. Because, you know, sometimes, sometimes, and let's be honest, we pray with like a return envelope. You know, we put our stamp and we, we, we expect this, you know, response by a certain time. And we give God a deadline. It says, you better pray or you better answer me. And we, we, we almost give God a prayer request with an envelope addressed to you and with the deadline. You know, have you, have you done that? Because we... Who's in control of that prayer? And, and, and I've done this so many times where I need this by a certain time. And our agenda, my agenda is far beyond God's agenda. And we kind of lose control or sight of what God wants to show us. And let me just give you a quick example. There was a man who once was caught in this rising flood waters. And he climbed up to his roof of his ha- house and he prayed to God. And he was sure that God's going to rescue him. It's like, I pray to God, he's going to rescue me. I'm good. Right after that, a neighbor came on his small little canoe and says, you know, hop on. You know, you better come now. And, and the man's like, no, it's okay. I pray to God and he's going to save me. So the canoe just kept going. And then later on, the police came on a boat and says, hey, you know, come on, hop on. The, the, the water is going to rise. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I pray to God. He will save me. I know that. So it's okay. Go save other people. And then later on, the, the winds start picking up, the water start rising, and the helicopter rescue came, and, and the rope ladder came down. It says, climb on. You need, to be, you need to get out of there. And then again, the man says, no, it's okay. I, I pray to God, and he's going to save me, so it's okay. And he refused. Later on, the water kept rising and swallowed his house and swallowed his life. He drowned to death. Well, he, he went to heaven, but he was there, not satisfied, and he complained to God. Hey, why am I dead? I prayed for you to save me from the flood. Why didn't you save me? <laughs> and the Lord answered, I heard your prayer. That's why I send you the canoe. And that's why I send you the boat. And I send you the helicopter, but you did not get in. You know, obviously that is a story that teaches us. And we never know if that really happened or not. 
But you know, sometimes what we think that is best for you or best for me may not be what God thinks is best for you. And it could be a difference in that. Perhaps, maybe God has already answered your prayer. But you've been so blind because you thought that this should be answered in a certain way. And you may have missed the answer prayer that God already have given to you. See, when you think about all these things, we absolutely need the Holy Spirit to guide us and open our eyes to how God wants to respond to your prayers. You know, this week, I was holding my baby. His name is Zent, and he's three weeks old, and he's this little tiny thing, and he can't speak back to me. All he could do is cry, right? And I'm holding, and it's like, it's a, just, it's a baby, you know? It's such a baby. I mean, I, I mean it in like a good way, right? But it's like this, it's, it's just this little creature. But I, it, it hit me this week. It's like, if I give him scorpion and a snake, he would receive it. Right? I mean, he has no other choice. He has no choice but to trust me as a good father. So do you believe that your heavenly father is a good father? That he will not give you scorpion and snake? I mean, I want to give him what's best. What about our God who is so much more perfect than all of us What does He want to give you? He wants to give you so much more than we could ever imagine. Do you believe that He is a good Father, a good, good Father who wants the best for you, only the best? we got to pray and seek His will. So the biggest purpose of prayer is that we connect and deepen our relationship with our Heavenly Father who created everything. He knows you left and right and inside out, and He wants to bless you and prayer is where we have a communion with god and that's how jesus saw prayer led by the spirit to have this communion with his father there was a lot of challenges in jesus life obviously because he had the cross waiting for him but through prayer he was able to trust that his father's will is always good and he sought god's will his father's will above all else so i ask you church to please deepen your relationship with God through your prayer and know that He is good. Your Father in heaven gives you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. It's got to ask Him. And one who is led by the Holy Spirit, this is so important, one who is led by the Spirit will be witnesses for God and wherever you go. And isn't that what we want? To be witnesses for Him. So we do need absolutely the Holy Spirit to discern the truth and we have the audacity, and we have the persistence, and, and knowing God's will, and, and, he, and through prayer, you will seek that above all things else. And that's how we live as a child of God. So we're going to look at our weekly challenge, and then we're going to close this time. So please read these, these verses, Luke 11, Matthew 6, Romans 8. I mean, there's short verses, but it teaches you, and if you have your phones, would you take a picture and take with you, what does the Bible teach us about a healthy posture for a prayer? And how is your prayer life? Would you really, really think about that this week? And then for the grow, would you read James 4, Matthew 6? Is there an answer, unanswered prayer? Why do you think it is unanswered? And then, are you seeking the will of God? Of good Father. Lastly, in your prayer to the Father, ask for forgiveness of your sins. And then, as you've been forgiven, take a step in forgiving someone you have yet to forgive.
Let's pray, church. Come on. Right now, um, I want you to hear a story. And this is as ap- applicational as it gets. So would you listen real quick? Because um, here's a testimony, a prayer. Did you see me climb up the stairs? Um, so at the beginning of the service, I had a torn meniscus. And I went out to go to the bathroom after worship. And through the Holy Spirit and Marshall's obedience... He felt the Lord was calling him to go outside to pray over me. And I was a little reluctant at first because it's kind of weird. You're in the middle of service and, Mm. you know, I had to come back in. And I just felt the Lord saying, no, just stay here. Mm. So we sat on the couch and he laid hands on my knee and my knee is completely healed in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the main thing, church, is that, you know what, you have to be open and and open to be bold in your faith and open to be obedient to the Lord. And I was going to go to the doctor tomorrow to go to the orthopedist because I thought I needed surgery. Mm. And look, I can move my leg. I wasn't able to do it for three or four days. Praise God. Praise God. I had to share that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, and, and that is our lives led by the Holy Spirit. And where will the Holy Spirit lead you? Just like how God and the Holy Spirit led Marshall to pray or go outside. And for her, the Holy Spirit led for to open and receive that prayer. Where does the Holy Spirit lead you this week? When there's shameless audacity and persistence, how will your prayer be transformed by the Holy Spirit this week? I want to share you a passage today, and this will be our prayer. And as we close this time, this comes from Romans 8. And this is our prayer for you, for us today. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Do you believe that, church? Amen. Amen. May the Holy Spirit live in you and be active in you and guide you wherever you go. And that is our prayer this morning. And Jesus, thank you. We pray these things in your name. And all God's children says, amen. 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 Praise the Lord, can we? Thank you. Thank you. And please know that this is what's going to take place in our lives. And later on today, we're going to hear a story from a man who was in complete darkness that was brought out into the light. And who other than, who other than God that helped him through this? The Holy Spirit led him through. And this is a story that we have got to hear because we sometimes shy away from that. Maybe you're not a Yakuza, but you might have a darkness that you need to be led into light. And maybe you've been sitting there for a long time and it's getting too comfortable. So now today, hopefully through this testimony, through the working of the Holy Spirit, you have the boldness, that shameless audacity and persistence to ask God to bring you out of light. And that is what we're going to experience. But before that, I'm going to release you and you could go and help support our family camp for $5 or more. Um, and, and, and then let people, because that's, that's where people encounter God Like nowhere other. I mean, obviously God could work in many ways, but I've seen so many miracles take place at family camp. So maybe your generosity today could help you that. But all please do so as you feel led by the Lord and the Holy Spirit will guide you. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. So um, 
let us go from here. And I think the curry is ready. And the, the service with uh, Pastor Inoue starts at 1.30. So we have about an hour to kind of eat and fellowship and go into um, that time of the testimony. So I hope you could all stay. And it's going to be done around 3 o'clock. So I know it might be a little, but you will be fed or you, you pay for yourself. But anyways, um, go in peace, y'all. God bless you. <laughs>